it had to be sometime in early 2003. I was on a bus heading home. And while I still had probably 15 more minutes before I reached my destination, I pulled out the latest issue of Revolver magazine from my backpack. If memory serves me correctly, the magazine included a one-page section highlighting recommended up-and-coming bands. There were three bands. One definitely was Himza. And the only other band I remember was some band called the Black Dahlia Murder, whose music the magazine categorized as Megadeth Metal. That is not a joke. Time would go on, and a whole year and a half would pass before I finally came across Unhallowed. The Black Dahlia Murder's 2003 debut album, probably in Sam Goody. I remember that this was also the same day that I bought the very denim jacket that I'd cut the sleeves off of to make a vest out of. And on an unrelated note, don't ever use the term battle jacket to describe your denim vest with patches and buttons and spikes on it. Or go ahead and do so and be as retarded as everyone else that uses that fucking stupid term. Choice is yours, girls. Anyway, my dad drove me home, as I still didn't have a car yet. I opened up on Hallowed, and I looked at the cover. What's in a name? What's in a cover image? Well, in the early days of MP3 downloading, and with a whole decade to go before Spotify existed, um... I still bought CDs and still do to this day. Therefore, the only way to find out what any band sounded like was to either download a track or two or to simply buy the album. I popped the album into my five disc changer and the opening two tracks fucked me up. They were unhallowed, which was a there was the title track, instrumental, and it went straight into Funeral Thirst. And upon hearing those two tracks now, I remember exactly what stood out to me the most. The music alone was not just Balls Out Heavy, but the minor chord style harmonies happened to make me feel every single negative emotion I ever knew or felt in my entire life. I wanted to cry. I wanted to die. I wanted to choke anyone I could get my hands on. It was hopeless. It was beautiful. Then I heard that fucking voice. It was like nothing I had heard at the time. It was a hell of a lot more screechy than most death metal bands I had heard, with the sole exception of Chuck's vocals on The Sound of Perseverance, Death's last record. He hit the traditional guttural style as well, and I realized that he was using the two styles for the sake of a dynamic that was not there at the time. It changed things up in all the songs, and it fucking made things far more exciting. Clearly, 
whoever described the, this band as Megadeth Metal in Revolver Magazine a year earlier must have been either high or just absolutely clueless. The Black Dahlia murder, especially as I've made evident in their latter-day releases, were more like the greatest carcass disciples you've ever heard in your entire life. This was just the beginning of a long ride for the band for the better part of two decades. Two decades that would especially see Trevor Stranad stand out among the traditional death metal frontman stereotype. As serious as he was in that, uh, as serious as he might have looked in the video for Funeral Thirst, his sense of fun and humor would become far more prevalent not just in the latter videos the band would make in the coming years, but in his persona on stage. The best thing about it all was the fact that Trevor managed to balance this act out to the point that his goofiness, as seen in videos like Necropolis, where the band are bowling, never took away from the band's or his onstage intensity. He never took himself seriously, and that connected with all of us because we knew it was genuine. But to be clear, his lyrics were as death metal and as brutal as it got. Here's a line or two from Christ Deforms, one of my favorite all-time tracks from Black Dahlia Murder. It's off of Deflorit. Diabolic ritual opened the portal to damnation. Dark legions gathering for virtuous insemination. Molest and sodomize, deride the seed of God's creation. Impale the Nazarene, succumb to a spiritual inversion. In our unholy father's disgusting house of shame, we revel in endless hatred burning so absolute, corrupting all who'd enter here, surrender to darkness. We kneel to those no more who'd burden and be guilt. Within these wretched walls, a summoning proceeds. What form will manifest of this abysmal devilry? The children now are bleeding. We in an, we unicate his sons, unicate his sons, excuse me, to, to evil blood and fire. This earth will soon succumb. With hell reborn, your Christ be scorn. Dead faith now torn, his love deformed. That's why I intentionally waited before I wrote this piece. It was hard to let sink in that not only is Trevor gone, but to think about how it just might have happened. But much like with my tribute to Chris Cornell that I did back in 2017, I will not discuss what happened. Enough people have written about that, and we still haven't a clue as to the whole story. But I, like most fans of the Black Dahlia murder, have memories of meeting Trevor and even talking with him at a length. Things like this, along with his ability to actually have fun, are truly why he's the single most important death metal frontman in decades. While my memories aren't as amazing as others, they meant something to me then, and they without question mean something to me now. So I'll share them. It's like two of them. 
it was the summer of 2006 and I traveled with two friends, one of which eventually got what was coming to him via a heart attack, to the Starland Ballroom in Sayreville, New Jersey for the Sounds of the Underground Tour, which included Black Dahlia, Gore, and Behemoth, along with others. And you bet, you bet your ass, I actually met Nurgle on this day, and he was fucking awesome. I walked by Black Dahlia's merch table when I noticed a tall, flabby-looking guy with a tattoo that read heartburn across his belly. It was Trevor. I walked up to him and introduced myself, and he replied, Take a walk with me for a second. Okay. We're walking, and he asked me, Do me a favor, will you? I said, Sure, what's up? And he told me, we're shooting a video today for a statutory ape, and I need you and everybody else in that crowd to go fucking crazy. Can you do that for me? Fuck yeah, I immediately said. Hours later, the band walked on stage, and Trevor immediately called out the entire crowd. Come on, you pussies! As they grinded out I'm Charming off Miasma, which was the record they had just released like, a year earlier, and it's the same record that Statutory Ape comes off of. Sorry to say that, no, I wasn't crazy or suicidal enough to be part of that pit. But once Trevor called them out, all bets were off. My second and last memory didn't involve a request to sacrifice myself in the pit, no. I traveled to the now-defunct BB Kings in Times Square. New York shitty. That's right, I said what I said. To see Black Dahlia along with Hate Eternal and Three Inches of Blood. This was January 2008 now. Uh, there might have been one other band, but I do not remember who it was. If anyone hearing this podcast wants to help me out with that one and they were there, hey, let me know. Anyway, my friends and I arrived at BB's and almost immediately... I spotted Trevor at the bar. This must have been when uh, Three Inches of Blood were playing. He looked a lot like he did two years prior. Funny-looking shorts, topless, hair all disheveled. I walked up to him and again, and I walked up to him again, and he laughed as we reminisced over our previous meeting. We parted ways after that, and he eventually found his way backstage. But what I always remembered about both of those times is that he made himself accessible. It's a story we'd all go on to hear about over the years regarding him. He always hung out with the fans. And upon moving to Brooklyn, and I have to this day no idea why he would do that to himself. <laughs> he, have, he apparently hung out at St. Vitus on the regular and would support the local bands and talk with everybody there. He even wrote a column for Metal Injection where he'd recommend underground extreme metal bands. I don't know many of the front men of legend status like Trevor's who do all those things. We might not ever completely know what happened to the charismatic, and that word doesn't even do it justice, for a man of the single most important death metal band of this century so far. But he left an undeniable mark that can never be removed.
there will never be another frontman in death metal or in music as a whole, I think, as genuine as Trevor Stanad. Thank you for everything, Trevor. Rest in peace. <laughs>